Good evening, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Good to see you, Guy, from Monterey. And uh, Stan Lawrence is here from the eastern part of the state. Kai is zooming down from Oregon. We've got uh, people people from uh, all parts uh, tonight. Um, I I've been working with with the poem from the Persian poet Rumi on. Um, The dawn breeze has many secrets to reveal. Don't go back to sleep. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. And uh, we've had a kind of troubled sleep this year. I, I, I can't say it was a comfortable year for anybody. Um, but we've stayed home, most of us. And uh, now um, we're, we're coming out of the Zoom cocoon, as someone told me. Um, and uh, this, this troubled sleep that we were in for the last year was really pointing us in many directions. It was pointing us in... Uh, to, to look carefully at uh, racial and social justice. Uh, it was pointing us uh, to look at, uh, with, our, with our fires this summer, uh, to look at climate change. Um, we uh, had quite a contentious election last year. It seemed like we had several contentious elections last year. And uh, so the, the, um, our troubled sleep was pointing us towards um, uh, how do we heal? How do we become whole again, uh, neighbor to neighbor? And, and now, now we're kind of opening up and uh, um, Maybe you know, and that's that's nothing but good news. Um, and uh, we can spend more time with family and friends that we haven't seen in such a long time. Uh, maybe some of us have gotten more hours at work, um, and so we're at work more, but uh, feeling a little more comfortable about our finances. Um, maybe. We're looking forward to just being on Pacific Avenue again and, uh, and eating at one of the many outdoor cafes that, that we now have available to us for the summer. And uh, uh, so there might be a, a temptation or, uh, to go back to sleep, not to um, uh, look at some of the... the um, the pointing, the direction that we were looking at during our year of troubled sleep. Uh, so I remember that line from Rumi, the door is wide, the door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. 
Um, so, um, so let's take advantage of, um, of this open and round door and still move forward into uh, all of those issues that we were pointed to last year, social and racial justice, harmony in our country between, uh, between people of different ideas and, and climate change. And um, uh, our, our practice really, our practice really prepares us for this work. And um, uh, we've talked, you know, Dogen talks about, um, uh, we, we looked at the moon by Dogen, uh, Tsuki this summer, where Dogen says, you know, moonlight isn't shining on any objects. Moonlight swallows all objects so that everything is just one. Everything is one and objects all together. And, um, and when, when we're one, when we're intimate, when we're, when we're aware of our interconnectedness. We don't go back to sleep because the, the suffering that um, uh, arises is none other than our own suffering, the suffering of, of beings that, uh, that we're intimate with, that we're intimately connected to. So Dogen teaches that, um, that uh, uh, seeing the moonlight, um, Buddha nature in, uh, in all objects and all people that we see. And this is our own Buddha nature. So, uh, so Dogen is saying, um, this is nothing other than your original self. And your original self is suffering right now. And so let's keep turning towards it. Um, I was reading this week um, words from Bodhidharma, our first ancestor in China, um, in a dialogue he was having with Weka. And Weka, his, 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 um, his student, his disciple, Weka asked Bodhidharma, how do we turn the mind of greed, hate, and delusion into the six paramitas of awakened beings, the six activities of awakened beings. Um, so uh, so that's, our, that's, I think, our key practice is, um, is, to, is to act in the world, not out of our small self that responds so rapidly to greed, hate, and delusion, um, but to, to really be confident in our bodhisattva practice of saving all beings and, um, and abiding in unsurpassed, complete, perfect enlightenment by, by, um, by activities associated with the six paramitas, generosity, patience, energy, effort, um, 
uh, meditation, uh, wisdom, and uh, what's the what's the sixth one that I forgot? Uh, anybody can chime in. Uh, ethics? Did you say ethics? Ethics. Et- Shishila, ethics. Yes, ethical conduct. Um, so how how can we how can that be what uh, fills uh, what our body is responding to, um, those six enlightened activities, how can we make that uh, so secure in our bodies um, that um, we're not uh, kind of in a knee-jerk response um, acting out of greed, hate, and delusion? And our practice um, of sitting helps us with this. And uh, gives us that confidence of uh, that we are whole, that we are intimately interconnected, and um, and uh, and and from that stance is how we how we move. Uh, Bodhidharma responded to Wake's question: How do we how do we move from the mind of greed, hate, and delusion into the enlightened activities of the six paramitas? Um, Bodhidharma responded, um, be brave, turn courageously towards greed, hate, and delusion, and then vow to practice the three pure precepts of avoiding evil, doing good, and um, uh, saving all beings, or... or um, Cult or um, uh, purifying the mind is, is is another translation of those of the third one. So Bodhidharma says, uh, face face greed, hate, and delusion courageously, and then live by vow um, that you will be that you are a bodhisattva, and that you are acting out of the six paramitas fueled by the three pure precepts. So, so this, is, this is our practice. And, <clears throat> and then I'm going to take uh, uh, a different turn here that's, that's a, that, that I think is quite connected. Um, I, was quite, I was quite moved by the may we gather ceremony, um, national Soto Zen ceremony last Monday that was a a memorial service on the 49th day after the shooting of the Asian women in Atlanta. So Soto Buddhist priest in Los Angeles put together this ceremony that that he put uh, online. And we can still watch that. Uh, it's still on YouTube, and I'll give you the link later. But I was quite moved, and I was moved because it was um, uh, Buddhist teachers of all traditions, one after another, uh, coming up to the microphone and and saying how their work to save all beings, to... Um, to uh, help in the efforts of social and racial justice, to help in the efforts of uh, climate change, and to bring wholeness 
uh, among neighbors was uh, supported by their practice. So it was this great melding of uh, activism in the world. And, and activism is bodhisattva practice. So uh, it's uh, activism in the world um, that is nothing but our bodhisattva practice. So um, I know that, um, that uh, Jean has seen the, the whole uh, hour and a half ceremony. Ken and Sandra, Liz saw the ceremony. Um, maybe some others did too. So I'm just going to uh, do, do some screen sharing and show a couple of, uh, uh, of, of the highlights. Uh, and, uh, and from there, we'll go into our um, usual an uh, announcements, and then we can discuss some of these highlights that I've shown you. So um, I, uh, I practice doing this screen share with several open windows going on here. I practiced this afternoon with the help of Sandra, who, uh, who was on the other end of Zoom, uh, uh, giving me hints. So we'll see if it all holds together. And um, let's start right now. And I uh, actually, I actually have to go here first. Thank you for your patience. The, the first one is the longest one, and then the, it's followed by, uh, it's about 12 minutes, and then it's uh, followed by a couple of shorter ones that really gives a taste of, of the whole event. Um. How do I make it go? Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Buddham Sarenam 
taught that even if you scour the world, there's not a single person who has not experienced loss from the death of someone they love. This sense of loss is only compounded when a loved one passes away suddenly or violently. Forty-nine days ago, eight families experienced this aggravated sense of grief when eight people, six of them Asian women, were shot and killed in the Atlanta, Georgia area. We gather today because only through joining together do we know that we are not alone. In ceremony, loss can be transformed into connection, including connection with those we believe are absent. The Buddha himself told his community just before he died that while he would no longer be physically present, he would still be with them through his teaching and his example. Indeed, the Buddha is with us in this present moment. He is here through his teachings, which links the past to the present and each of us to one another. Death may be thought of as a loss, but in the customary 49 days of mourning after a person's passing, we come to learn from the deceased just how present they are in our hearts and minds, our bones and marrow. Like the Buddha, they teach us that our lives are inexorably interlinked. This gathering was prompted by the life and death of young A.U., a devout Korean-American Buddhist whose life was cut short at the aromatherapy spa in Atlanta. Her two sons remember her as a selfless person who stood up against discrimination and always advocated for treating people right. She reminds us that the antidote to a government's confused and deluded mind is the wisdom to see things clearly. Her offering to the nation includes this very gathering, which brings together an American Sangha from many lineages and many regions of our country. As with the life, death, and memory of George Floyd, we learn that the power of one life can touch the hearts of so many. Ignorance and confusion were also the root causes that led to the killing of Tommy Lay, a Vietnamese-American who was shot to death by police in Seattle. Police claimed that Tommy held a knife in his hands. Uh, claim, those claims were proven to be false. He was simply knocking on a door with a pen. During his 49th day Buddhist ceremony, Tommy's family placed his photo on the temple altar, alongside photos of dozens more people who had passed on, firm in their belief that ceremony is not about one life, but about many lives in spiritual community. That through the life of Tommy Lay, we are reminded of Dante Wright, 
shot by police in Minnesota during a routine traffic stop three weeks ago. The police officer uh, claimed she, used, she intended to use a taser on him instead of a pistol. Tommy and Dante become present every time we work to provide safety to all members of our community in wiser and more compassionate ways. This poison of ignorance runs deep. If we go back in time to the World War II era, we find an entire ethnic group, including members of this very temple, where we are holding our ceremony now, targeted out of ignorance. Japanese American Buddhists constituted the largest Buddhist community in the United States at the time of the Pearl Harbor attack. Temples were under government surveillance. Priests arrested by the FBI as threats to national security. And over 120,000 Japanese American community members were eventually herded into America's concentration camps because of our faith and our race. Among those incarcerated in this place was Kane Saburo Oshima, taken from his home in Kona, Hawaii, and shot by a U.S. Army guard in the back of his neck at the Fort Sill internment camp in Oklahoma. He stood at the fence line, surrounded by barbed wire, wishing only to be reunited with his wife and 11 children who held his funeral at the Daifukuji Soto Mission. Today, his granddaughter, who serves as the, as the Buddhist priest of that very temple, joins us in ceremony. Kanesaburo Oshima teaches us about how the Buddhist virtues of patience and persistence extends beyond generations. This lineage of racial hurt sometimes moves beyond mere ignorance and confusion to hostility and even hatred. We recall the name Vicha Ratanapakdi, our Thai Buddhist immigrant elder, assaulted while taking his daily walk in a San Francisco neighborhood. We feel the impact of his head hitting the pavement. We reel from the unprovoked, senseless assaults that have, inf that have been inflicted on Ratanapakdi and so many of our Asian American community seniors in recent months. On the same streets, his daughter had been spat on by people as they, excused, as they accused her of bringing COVID to this country. The anti-Asian animus and violence is repeated, as we recall Omarjit Sekon, whose life was cut short by bullets at her workplace. The FedEx warehouse in Indianapolis, where six like her constituted the majority of the workforce. She left behind two sons who spoke of her working countless hours a week so she could provide food for everyone in the house. Wicha Ratanapakdi's daughter hoped that telling her immigrant father's story might protect others. And we feel his and Amarjit Sekon's presence today as a prayer and talisman against harm for all sentient beings. Religious racial hostility, hostility and outright hatred, also the result of delusion, runs deep in American history. On Super Bowl Sunday 1996, Tim Min Lee was in line skating at a tennis court in Tustin, California while visiting his family. Since graduating from UCLA and Georgetown, he had hoped one day to serve as the Vietnamese American ambassador to Vietnam, his devout Buddhist family's ancestral land. We still recoil as we remember his death at the hands of an avowed white supremacist who bragged in a letter about this murder enacted on behalf of a racist ideology. His brother recalls reading and almost fully memorizing that letter and returning to the site of the murder, unable to comprehend the hatred that ended Lee's life. 
That hatred is old as the earliest records of American Buddhist history established in our nation by Chinese immigrants. Among them, we recall Xia Bunnen, who was among 28 Chinese miners massacred in Rock Springs, Wyoming in 1885 by those who believed that Chinese immigrants were taking jobs away from white miners. He was among those found dead in a burnt out hut next to the Budo Daoist temple. His community was branded with the slur words, the heathen Chini, and deemed a racially unassimilable and religiously unacceptable community in America. We feel these burning wounds even today. Tianmin Li and Xia Ning's lives have been teaching all of us how to hold ourselves with dignity in the face of supremacist and exclusionary ideologies. The poisons of ignorance, greed, and hatred have precipitously ended the lives of so many. We gather together to provide an antidote, wisdom to heal ignorance, loving kindness to heal hatred, and generosity to heal greed. This powerful medicine is available to us right whenever the need arises. The black abolitionist, Frederick Douglass, provided a powerful diagnosis and healing when he insisted in a speech that America is a composite nation. A former enslaved person himself, he gave a speech nearly 20 years before Xia Ning's death about the rising agitation nationwide against the Chinese-American community and how the struggle for emancipation was interlinked to immigrant inclusion. The America he envisioned was one that welcomed the Chinese and immigrants from a multitude of races and faiths, faiths to the duties of citizenship, a vision of America that values multiplicity over singularity, hybridity over purity, and inclusivity over exclusivity. As we see ourselves in others, and others see us in them, we learn the lessons of those for whom we perform this ceremony. Together we, together, we join today to repair the racial karma of this nation because our destinies and freedoms are intertwined. So a little um, slip of my finger and I bring up something else, but um, that was uh, Duncan Ryukin Williams who uh, organized this ceremony. And um, he's a priest, a Soto Zen priest at Zen Shuji in Los Angeles, one of the earliest Soto temples in the United States. And uh, he is a professor in the Religious Studies Department at the University of Southern California. And he, his book that came out last year was about uh, the internment of Japanese Americans in concentration camps here in the United States during World War II. And uh, that speech that he just gave was the, um, the intent of of this ceremony, just to uh, 
show us the degree of suffering over the over the decades, over the uh, last two centuries, and um, to remind us that there are many more names that we have to repeat, that we have to say their names. And uh, uh, I, uh, I thought he did a good job. Um, now we'll we'll go to the next uh, the next uh, one. How can I get rid of? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to stop here and re-press the button. Venerables, dear honorable friends, we are grateful to have this opportunity to come together as a beloved community, especially during these challenging times. It is imperative that we gather as a spiritual community to generate compassion and support for one another as we travel on this path of freedom and responsibility. As we care for our suffering, and face the challenges confronting us, we remind ourselves that the way of understanding and compassion is the antidote to the fear, violence, and discrimination in this moment that we all have experienced personally, as a community, and as a nation. How can we cultivate understanding and compassion one way is through the Buddhist practice of shila, or the ethical path of responsibility and accountability. Our teacher, Thich Nhat Han, has reframed shila as mindfulness training, or put another way, as love in action. We train to love ourselves and to love others by being mindful of our actions. We train to generate the energy of mindfulness that helps us to be careful of our three karmic actions of body, speech, and mind in our daily life. When we are mindful of what is going on in our bodies, our feelings, or our minds, and in the world, we can better avoid doing harm to ourselves and others. 
the mindfulness trainings protect us, our family, and our society. When we are mindful, we can see that by refraining from acting out of hatred and anger, we can reduce the harm done to ourselves and others. The first training is to protect life, to decrease violence towards oneself and others. It is not just not to harm, but to actively promote and respect all forms of life, including respecting the diverse choices of others on how to live and be in the world. The second training is to practice social justice, generosity, not stealing, and not exploiting other living beings by means of social structures and policies that rob them of their livelihoods, whether these are explicit or implicit. The third training is the practice of responsible sexual behavior in order to protect individuals, couples, families, and children. Sexual energy without love and understanding has the potential to harm and exploit others. The fourth training is the practice of deep listening and loving speech to restore communication and bring about reconciliation and mutual respect for each other's difference of view. How can we maintain openness and listen to others when we disagree with what is being shared? How can we share our particular truth without imposing our views on others? This is the challenge of our media-dominant culture. The fifth training is about mindful consumption, to refrain from bringing toxins into our body or mind. As our world becomes more globalized and undeniably interwoven, we must continue to gather together to discuss and find a global ethic that can help guide society and promote mutual understanding and respect of one another despite our differences in views, beliefs, and way of living. We are gathered today because we know that the way forward is not to retreat to our own safety and comfort and ignore what is happening to our communities, to others, and to our fellow Earth citizens, but rather because we are convinced that the path of understanding and compassion is the way forward, not just for humankind, but for all species on this precious planet. Myoke Kane Barrett of Myokenji Temple, Nichiren Buddhist Sangha of Texas in Houston. Bishop Kane Barrett regrets that she cannot join us in person for today's ceremony.
of the Dharma and all friends and allies around the globe. We are experiencing great uncertainty and perhaps great anxiety as our communities continue to be confronted by the three poisons of greed, anger, and ignorance. As practitioners, we can only turn to our various ways of practice to be able to walk the path of Dharma with confidence, calmness, and poise. The paramita of meditation is the foundation of wisdom and the way to cut through the illusions of ego and thinking of ourselves as separate from other beings. Meditation allows us to focus and master our minds rather than have our minds be our master. In the practice of contemplation, the gift of meditation is the ability to focus the mind on a single point of concentration in order to be free from distractions. Through calming the activity of mind in meditation, we can establish the ground for realizing insight and wisdom. Over time, we come to embody the very qualities that the Buddha has, great compassion, gentleness, and patience, and the ability to see the voidness of all things. I unite with you today as an Asian American who is also of African American descent. I invoke all our ancestors who have worked together and given so much so that today we can stand together in solidarity as one human family. We are learning each other's stories and trials. We know each other's victories and losses. We should never forget, we are all the Buddha's children embraced by his great love and wisdom, which allow us to follow the path of compassion and mercy. The Buddha said, I am always thinking, how shall I cause all living beings to enter into the unsurpassed way and quickly become Buddhas? Let that be our guiding principle as we walk together and purify the Buddha's land. Namu myo ho denge kyo Namu myo ho denge kyo Namu myo ho denge kyo So that was uh, some of some of the highlights of this ceremony. Uh, I think I my one last uh, magic Zoom event. I can give you the website. Um, uh, and uh, you, I hope that uh, you can. You can see it yourself. There we go. So, uh,
and um, and just all of the speakers were pointing us uh, in the direction of facing greed, hate, and delusion with courage, and applying our practice to move to move forward, and uh, to pointing us towards that that um, round and open door of uh, saving all beings and uh, uh, encouraging us not to go back to sleep. So maybe we'll have some uh, announcements now of upcoming events here at Santa Cruz Zen Center. When, um, when, we, when Santa Cruz Zen Center signed on to this May We Gather event um, as allied supporters, um, it, uh, the website uh, and uh, Reverend uh, Williams encouraged Sanghas to watch it together and then to discuss it together. So um, maybe for uh, a few minutes after the announcements, we can discuss some of these issues together. Uh, and and uh, thank you very much. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. 